Yep, we are live. How's it going, everybody? Good afternoon. We are a couple of minutes late. Sorry for the tardiness. It is currently spring break week, so hopefully everybody's having a blessed week thus far, and we're hoping we can continue to uh, add some blessings upon the ones you guys have already received. So I also want to start saying a prayer beforehand every week. I've thought about doing it a few times and still slipped my mind. Um, so, um, if you will, bow your heads with us. Uh, Lord, thank you for yet another opportunity to just discuss, study, read your holy word. Lord, we thank you for all the blessings you bestowed upon us. Lord, we thank you for the many opportunities we are receiving to get things right in our lives. We thank you just for the air we breathe, Lord, the water we drink, the food we eat. So many of the things that we often take for granted. And Lord, we also pray a special prayer for those in dire need of you at this hour. Those who are uh, struck by different losses, tough losses in their families, people around them, their loved ones, people who are in need of food, shelter, clothing. Like We pray for all these things for all these people, the sick and the shut-in, those in prison crying out to you, Lord. We pray for all these people. Uh, and many more that I'm even forgetting to mention, but we pray, Lord, for their blessing, for their healing, for whatever it is that they're in need of. And these and many more blessings we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, uh, we're going to turn your attention first uh, to John, the first chapter, and we're going to look at verse 1. So, I've been thinking about there's so much power, and if only we could understand, there's so much power in Scripture, in God's holy word. And oftentimes, we don't even know, as people, I didn't even know, I'll speak for myself, I didn't even know just how much was in there until I started reading. And I'm pretty sure it goes for anyone else because how can you know something that you've never actually looked into? Right. So I wanted to spend some time just looking at some of the things because this is by no means all of the things that, that are in God's Word. Uh, but I just wanted to kind of hit on a few things that we can find in Scripture. Uh, so if you will, Melvin, we'll start with John 1 and 1. That's all I need is verse 1. St. John, chapter 1 and verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. We cannot separate God from His Word. We can't separate it. It's just like Tony. You can't separate me from my word, what I say, what I believe in, what I stand for. You cannot separate Tony from his, Tony's word. God is no different. We cannot separate God from his word. So it says, in the beginning was the word. Let's go back to the beginning. Let's go back to Genesis, the first chapter, and let's see what happens in the beginning. Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1. 
In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, Let there be light. And now, there was light. We see from the beginning there was creation. This is what we find in God's word. And God, in verse 3, and God said, Let there be light. And there was light. See, there's so much power. And God's word, we see creation merely by his word. All he did was speak the word. That's all he did. He said, let there be light and the light of light appeared. That's the power behind God. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. God and his word. I feel like I'm having deja vu. <laughs> you cannot separate God from his word. His word is his power. So I'm not going to get too, try not to get too ahead of myself here. But so we see from the very beginning, we see creation in his word. We see just how much power is in God's voice. All he said was, let there be light. And the light appeared. I can't say that. <laughs> I can't say let there be something and it appeared. And nobody else in this world, no human can say, oh, let it be this. And it just pops out of nowhere. It's, and that, and it brings my mind to, I'm not going to get into that. Uh, if you keep going down, read on down a little bit, Mel. Verse 4. And God saw the light, that it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness. And God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And the evening and the morning were the first day. And God said, Let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters, and let it divide the waters from the waters. And God made the firmament, and divided the waters which were under the firmament from the waters which were above the firmament. And it was so. And God called the firmament heaven. And the evening and the morning were the, were the second day. And God said, Let the waters under the heaven be gathered together un, unto one place, and let the dry land appear. And it was so. And God called the dry land earth, and the gathering together of the waters called the seas. And God saw that it was good. And God said, Let the earth bring forth grass, the herb yielding seed, the, and the fruit tree yielding fruit after his kind whose seed is in itself upon the earth, and it was so. So, we see just the power behind God's word. He says something, it happens. He says, let's create a firmament to separate the water from the water. It happened. There's water all over the earth. People don't recognize it. We are made of water. He brought up, I'm not going to get ahead of myself. He said, let there be grass. The grass grew. Let's uh, skip on down. Uh, we can skip to 21. I mean, I'm just briefly showing just the things God said to create, and they were created. Verse 21. And God created great wells, and every living creature that moveth, which the waters brought forth abundantly after their kind, and every winged fowl after his kind. And God saw that it was good. And God blessed them, saying, Be fruitful, and multiply, and fill the waters and the seas, and let fowl multiply in the earth. Look at 26. 
And God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all of the all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image and the image of God created he him male and female all created he them. All he had to do was speak the word and it was done. That's all he had to do. He created male and female, and we know the story of that. He created Adam and Eve. But now let let's uh let's leave here, cause that's just creation. There's so much in God's word. There's so much in God because, like I said, you can't separate God from His word. Let's go to Matthew the eighth chapter, and we'll start with verse five because. There are things we are searching for every day as people in God's word. There's healing in his word. And that's what we're going to find here. It's all in God's word. Matthew chapter 8 and verse 5. And when Jesus was entered into Capernaum, there came unto him a centurion beseeching him and saying, Lord, my servant lieth at home sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. And Jesus said unto him, I will come and heal him. Now, this man, he was a soldier. He was, he was a centurion. He was above other soldiers. So he comes to Jesus begging him. That's all beseeching me, begging him, saying his servant is homesick with a palsy. Now, he asked Jesus to do this, and Jesus says, I will come heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that thou shouldest come under my roof, but speak the word only, and my servant shall be healed. Glory to God. Read that again, man. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that thou shouldest come under my roof, but speak the word only, and my servant shall be healed. See, God has to do nothing but speak the word, and it shall be done. That's all he has to do. This man comes to Jesus. And if we understood who Jesus was, we understand why there's power behind his words. And I'm going to try to show us that just a little bit, but that's not really my focus. But there's so much power in the word of God. This man said, look, speak the word. All you got to do is speak the word. He's been speaking the word since the beginning. <laughs> when he said, let there be light, there was light. If he said, look, you're going to be healed, you are going to be healed. There's so much there's so many things in God's word. If only we could see that. See, we're, we're desperately searching at the hospital, trying to be healed. And I'm not saying that's wrong. I've been to a hospital myself, so don't, get, don't think I'm attacking that. But my point is, God is so powerful. Why not seek him first before we even go to the hospital? Even during the hospital, and some of us, we get into a condition where we don't have a choice. Uh, and so we continue praying because we don't have a choice. But God, there's so much healing. There's so many things in God's word. All he has to do is speak the word. That's all he had to do was speak the word. Now, um, I don't think they tell us that here. But anyways, uh, Look down at verse 13. And Jesus said unto the centurion, Go thy way, and as thou hast believed, so be it done unto thee. And his servant was healed in the selfsame hour. There, he was healed that very hour. 
because Jesus spoke the word. All he had to do was say the word and the healing was done. That's it. That's, that is God's power, his word. So I just want us to see there's, there's so many things. Now, we've seen creation in God's word. He created Adam and Eve. He created the heavens. He created all the planets. He created everything in the world today. He did that. But we also, to bring it closer to us, he also has healing in his word because everybody wants to be healed of something. We find so many things in his word. Let's look at Romans, uh, the first chapter. And I think I want verse 16. Because this is something we should all be seeking here. Uh, verse 16. Romans chapter 1 and verse 16. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Salvation. We can find salvation in God's word. There's so many things we can find in his word. Salvation. We all need salvation. I mean, it, well, salvation is actually more than just waking up, going to heaven or hell, but in its simplest terms we all want to make it to heaven and Paul says here I'm not ashamed of God's word <laughs> that's all the gospel is he's not ashamed of God's word it is the power of God there is so much power in his word and I wish we would study it and seek God's word not the words of other people we should seek God's word because there's so many things in it you want to be healed there's healing in it you want to be saved? There's salvation in God's word. Anything you need, God already has it. It's just, do you desire that? So there's salvation in God's word. Is the God's word, the gospel, is the power of God unto salvation. But you got to believe it. But the problem comes in, and I want to uh, move over to Mark, because we neglect God's word. We, this parable that Jesus is going to tell us, Mark 4, and I'm going to start at verse 30. This parable that Jesus is going to talk to us about is, he's talking about us. And I, I did it for so many years before I learned any better. Let's read the parable first. Uh, Mark chapter 4 and verse 30. And he said, Whereunto shall we liken the kingdom of God? Or with what comparison shall we compare it? What can we compare to the kingdom of God? The kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Now, we're going to compare the word of God to something. What can we compare it to? That's really what we're talking about here. What can we compare the word of God to here? It is like a grain of mustard seed, which when it is sown in the earth, is less than all the seeds that be in the earth. <laughs> is less. That's what it is. Is less than everything else. That's what the word of God is. You talk about, <laughs> you bring up some scriptures to somebody and watch somebody's interest. See if they really want to talk about that. But now, if you bring up somebody's dirty laundry if you bring up that uh 
somebody broke into so-and-so's house last week and they found them and they beat them up. And you bring up something like that, everybody's got ears. All ears, all eyes on you. But now, the word of God, it is less than everything else. It is like a grain of mustard seed, which when it is sown in the earth, is less than all the seeds that be in the earth. See, a mustard seed is the smallest seed. That's what the word of God seems to as seems like to us as people. It seems so small. It seems like, man, that don't matter. Oh, they had they just reading the Bible. I don't I don't want to go around that. I don't want to talk about no Bible. That's the power of God. If only we understood what the Word of God is, how much stuff is in the Word of God. I, mean, I see people every day suffering from things they cannot get control over because they do not truly have God in their lives. So many addictions, so many problems, so many heartaches, so much stress, so much anxiety, uh, in debt. We, we don't know the Bible God's word, the scripture, talks about money almost more than it talks about anything. It says money is the answer to all. It's the answer. Money is the answer. That's, that's the Bible. A lot of people probably never even read that. But the Bible says that. See, there's so many things in God's word. This is our director. In one place he said, it's not in man to direct his own step. We have to have the director. That's nothing but God's word. He is going to direct us. But so anyways, here he says, he's comparing the word of God to something. He compares it to a mustard seed. Now, because we're talking about in earth. In earth, it seems like it ain't much at all. The Bible. We're not reading the Bible. Don't nobody. People don't want to read the Bible. People, we go to church, and I know this because I've done it. We go to church. We go there once, maybe twice a week. We don't even take a Bible in there. <laughs> we we don't know the books that's in the Bible. They tell us to read a certain book. We like I didn't even know that was in there. What what book is that? <laughs> New Testament stuff, and I can bring up New Testament stuff. We ain't even never heard of it. In one place, God said, my people perish because of lack of knowledge. My, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. We don't know God's word. God's word is our guideline. It's what he wants to tell us. It's what he wants to share with us, what he wants to open our understanding to. But we consider God's word is less. It's less than everything else. It, we'll, we'd much rather take science's opinion than God's opinion. We say, I believe science. Science is proven. The Bible, yeah, the Bible ain't proven. <laughs> Friend, what Bible have you read? The problem is you have not read it. People say, oh, yeah, I've read the Bible. Well, show me what mistakes you found in it. Because science has been wrong. See, science told us in the beginning there was a big bang and a bunch of nothing created something. But now God told me he created that something. That's why it was nothing there. It just told us it was void and darkness. There was nothing. And then something was created because of God. Now, science, for people that love to argue about science, when on earth have you ever went to a lab and done an experiment 
put nothing into a uh, test tube or or vase or whatever you want to call it. When have you ever took nothing in there and made a whole lot of something? Now that don't make logical sense at all. <laughs> but that's the only explanation people can come up with who would argue that God does not exist. But so we can find all the answers in God's word. God will make that uh, make sense to us when we understand that God started that in the beginning. Yes, there was nothing. Yes, there was darkness. There was void. There was an emptiness. But God said, let there be light. God said, let the dry land come forth. God said, let the grass grow. God created the whales. God created all the animals. God created all the trees. And then God created all uh, Adam and Eve and put them in the garden. So there's so many things that God has done. There's so many answers that we can find in the Bible. But we see ourselves right here. We see just how much we reverence or we respect the word of God. It's, it's less to us. It doesn't mean that much. If we see somebody reading the Bible, we likely to not even go around it. We might not even mention it. The Bible, that is one thing we do not want to talk about. That's why we limit ourselves to one time a week, if that. But we're going to limit ourselves on the Bible discussion. But now, folks can talk all day long. I mean, all day long about anything else. About Beyonce. About the new Michael Jackson documentary about the new R. Kelly documentary. Every uh, mainstream story that we find interesting right now, we can talk about it. We can talk about what's going on on Mars. <laughs> so many things. Friend, I'm on Earth. I don't want to talk about Mars. Nothing wrong with talking about it, but let's help ourselves here. Because God does not talk about Mars. He's not concerned with Mars because he put us on earth. And he wants us to survive here. Anyways, I'm not trying to get into that. Look at 32. But when it is sown, it groweth up and becometh greater than all herbs, and shooteth out great branches so that the fowls of the air may lodge under the shadow of it. Now that's the word of God. See, <laughs> once God's word is truly manifested, it is greater than everything else. It really is because that is God's power. But see, we cannot see it. So we say, I just don't see how that's going to work. I just can't see it. But see, that's God. That's the magic. That's the power behind God. I heard one preacher. He said, uh, the word of God is God's torpedo. It's his uh, atomic bomb because it is. His word does everything. All he has to do is speak the word, just as God did in the beginning, just as Jesus did for the centurion. He said, I know all you got to do is speak the word. I heard about your fame. I know, I know this man does not have to come. You just speak it. But see, we, when we look at God's word, we don't respect it. We don't, we don't put it before everything else in our lives. We look at the opinions of our friends. We hold their word way above God because God's word is less than everything else. We hold our mother's words, our father's words, our girlfriend, our boyfriend, husband, wife, whatever it is. We respect that. We look to that after God. God is down here. 
I know for years I wouldn't even I wouldn't even open in the Bible. I didn't think about no God. <laughs> it's just a pastime that you do. You go to on Sundays. You might go to it on Wednesdays or Thursdays. But daily life, we we're not thinking about God. And then we say, God, I love you. <laughs> but we consider and not thinking about it. And if anybody can be honest with themselves out there, we can see ourselves in this. If we can humble ourselves and be honest, we can look at it and say, you know what, I, I have been considering God's word less than everything else in my life, even my own word. But God is calling for a change, a repented, a repentance, calling for us to change our hearts towards him, to give him the honor he deserves because We'll see God when we want to be healed. People <laughs> will pray till the sweat drops on our head <laughs> when we want to be healed. But what about when we're okay? What about the rest of the time? God still wants to hear from you. There's so much we can find in his word. But So when it is sown, when God's word is truly planted in your lives... All of us can run into us. It says, so that the fowls of the air may lodge under the shadow of it. Everyone can find shelter in God's word. Everyone. We can find everything we need in God's word. He's going to tell us just how we should do things. Every answer we need, we can find it in scripture. Every single one of them. Let's, uh, let's look at John 12 and 48. Now, this is Jesus talking here. John chapter 12, verse 48. You said mm -hmm. 48 or 47? Okay. 48. He that rejecteth me and receiveth not my words hath one that judgeth him. The word that I have spoken, the same shall judge him in the last day. It's the word. The word is what we're going to be judged by. That's God's word. People, we... We run around every single day, and I, and I hear it all the time. People know what God's, how God's going to judge. People know it. People will tell you what a sin is. They say, oh, ain't that a sin? Oh, they say, oh, well, this right here, that ain't a sin. People know. Yet and still, they won't even do it. They know it now. Not recognizing they're going, we're all going to be judged by this. Jesus says it here. The words he has spoken, that's going to be our judge. Because it's nothing but the scripture. It's God's word. All the scripture is inspired by God. His word is him. So we cannot escape the scripture and try to get to God. It's the same thing. This is just his word written down. So... If we understand that God's word is going to be our judgment. But now that's where the problem comes in. Because <laughs> in one place Paul said. Have I therefore become your enemy because I tell you the truth? See in God's word we find nothing but truth. And that's what makes people angry. It, it's, it's easy to hide in a dark alley. It's easy to hide in a dark room. 
But when the light comes on and we are exposed, then we start getting embarrassed. We start getting upset. We start getting shy about things. We want to hide and cover up our deeds. But that's what God is going to do to us in the end. So why not get it right now? Why not get straight now? Because we will be all exposed, all of us. But if you tell people scripture, they'll get mad at you. They say, oh, you just want to judge me. No, friend. <laughs> no, friend. The word that's already written is going to judge you. I'm just making you aware of it so that you don't end up lost because of what God said. Don't take this as me wanting to pick on you, me wanting to fight and judge you. No, no, that's not what it is. It is to help you. We all need someone to tell us when we're going off track. We all need that. And that's all God's word is, is to help keep us on the right track. But you can take it one or two ways. You can, you can hear God's word and God says, look, Tony, you shouldn't be out there doing this. I can either say, man, I don't want to hear that God. You ain't going to judge me. That's what we tell each other all the time. <laughs> you can't judge me. <laughs> Hold on. God said this. You going to talk to God that way? I know you're not because he's going to shut your mouth up. <laughs> I know you're not. But you can either reject his word or you can say, you know what? You're right. I have been doing this. And I know I'm not where I need to be, but I'm working on myself. I'm working to get to where God wants me. Because this is not where Tony wants a person. It's not where Melvin wants a person. It's where God wants us. He wrote this, and we're trying to come up to the level that he's asking for. But so often we take, we look at, well, this person said it, so I, I'm not trying to hear what they said. I remember what they used to do. <laughs> We cannot look at it that way because God can change your heart also. Just as it just as he changed that person's heart. God can change us all. That's what he wants to do for us. We don't even let it go after he changed somebody. We still hold on to, well, this is what they did ten years ago. So now they think they they think they a preacher or they think they saved. They think they in the church. They think they a sister, a deacon. <laughs> uh there's so much in God's word and we're going to be judged and we don't even recognize it. In one place, Jesus said every idle word that we spoke, we're going to give an account of. Every single word you have spoken, Jesus said you're going to give an account for it. So what about all the foolish stuff that we say every day trying to get a laugh? What about that foolishness? What about when you stand face to face with God and he brings that up? What's your explanation going to be? You're going to make God laugh or something? <laughs> Good God from Zion. The devil has us deceived because we do not know God's word. One place Jesus said, you do always error. You always make a mistake. Not knowing the scriptures nor the power of God. I, I want to get that. Because Paul just told us, the gospel is the power of God. Look at uh, Matthew 22 and verse 29. 
see, we have to know the scriptures because, because it is God. It told us that in John 1 and 1. In the beginning was the word, and that last clause said the word was God. It is his scriptures. Look at 29. Matthew chapter 22 and verse 29. Jesus answered and said unto them, Ye do err, not knowing the scriptures, nor the power of God. See, we don't know the scriptures. We don't even know God. The scriptures are God. It's his word. It's what he inspired people to write down to us. It is his way of communicating with us. God is not sitting there having a full conversation with us every day. He's not. People have fooled themselves into thinking, well, this is what God wants me to do. And God ain't never told him to do that stuff. We can't find it in scripture where God told them to do that. But we err not knowing the scriptures. Jesus tells us plainly. That's our mistake. That's why we're deceived by, by people. Because we don't know the scriptures. We don't know God himself. The scriptures are God's power. That's his torpedo. <laughs> that's his 38. That's his 22. That, that's his rifle. See, <laughs> I had a man come to my job. Um, it, it was, it's been about maybe a month or two ago and he, he, I guess he, I can't remember what line of work he's done, but he was a professional shooter, did a lot of shooting with rifles and whatnot. And he was getting this stand built, uh, so he can target practice, keep his skills sharp. And I had told him, I had told him that. I had never shot a gun, minus a pellet gun or BB gun or whatever, but an actual real gun. I said, man, I never shot a gun before. And it's like, it's like, <laughs> to him, it seemed like I was the only man in the world <laughs> that's never shot a gun. He was, whoa, he was amazed. <laughs> he was, he, he could not understand. He said, you must be, you must be religious or something, or you must be saved or something. He said, I can't remember what he said. I was like, man, look, I just don't feel a need to have a gun. I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sitting here, and I'm not saying nothing can happen to me. I'm by no means saying that. But I understand God. I don't have to. Now, if you want to do this, by all means, I mean, do what you want to do. But I'm just saying, I don't have to. Put it to you this way: that gun is not my protection. How many people have a gun and still die? How many people, and friend, you're going to die anyways. I don't care if you make it to manage to get out of the gunfight. You're going to die anyways. We all are headed there. God can keep things from happening in the first place. But we don't trust God that much. We don't trust God to keep something from ever even occurring to us. See, I remember uh, there was a prophet in the Old Testament. Uh, he had a younger, a younger, his servant with him. And the younger guy, he noticed that they were surrounded. And the older prophet, he told God, he prayed in, that the man's eyes would be open. See, we, we need our eyes open today because we really cannot see. And I'm not talking physically. I'm talking spiritually. We cannot see God. 
We cannot understand God. See, some people can't even catch on to what I'm saying. We cannot perceive God. We don't truly know God because we don't know his scripture. In this story, and I, I'll have to get that one day, but let I, I want to go there. Um, we can get might as well go there. That. We might as well go there. I think it's Second Kings six and seventeen. All right, yeah, let's start at fifteen. Second right. Kings chapter six and verse fifteen. And when the servant of the man of God was risen early and gone forth, <clears throat> behold, an host compassed the city both with horses and chariots. And his servant said unto him, Alas, my master, how shall we do? Good God of my house. Elisha, he is with his servant here. The servant, now this servant, he don't know God. But now we're talking about a man who truly understands God. Not someone who thinks they understand God. This man, Elisha, truly understood God. So the servant, he sees them surrounded by their enemies <laughs> there's a song people talk about but he sees them surrounded by enemies he said look how should we do what are we going to do here we ain't got no way out <laughs> you know what the weapons that he had if he had some they weren't going to be enough he said look what are we going to do it's too many of us too many of them we are surrounded right now so what are we going to do and he answered, Fear not, for they that be with us are more than they that be with them. We don't believe that. <laughs> we don't believe that. See, when we are surrounded by an enemy, we say, Well, let me pull out this pistol and take care of this. We don't say, Look, I have God on my side, and I know him. I know God. I understand God. He is going to bring me out of this. And if he don't, it is for his glory Nevertheless, we don't believe this. We don't know God nor the power of his scripture. Because had we read this, Elisha and his servant, we are no better than them. God and they are no better than us. God will protect us the same way he did for these people. The same way. He said, look, you don't have to be afraid. See, that's why I don't have to carry a pistol around. I, I'm not afraid. Friend, I have to die anyways. I understand God. I understand, look, I don't care how many people surround me. I don't care if it's a man waiting outside this door. I understand that if God be for me, who can be against me? At what point will we not only say these verses, will we believe them? Will we truly trust God? He said, look, don't fear because God is for us. He is way more than all these people surrounding us. So the servant, he's looked and he's seen the army surrounding them. And that's all he sees. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire around about Elisha. See, Elisha had to pray for this servant because this his servant did not know God. He said, look, open this man's eyes so he can see, so he can understand that... <laughs> 
We are not surrounded by them. We are surrounded by God. God is surrounding them. But all he could see was his enemy. All he could see was the obstacles in front of him. That's all he could see. But Elisha had to pray for this man, and God had to show the servant something so he could understand, I have your back. I have you covered. God had to show this servant. Elisha already, he's been walking with God for a while. He understands God by now. He already knew, he already knew God was going to protect them. So there is safety in God's word. There is protection. The same God that said, let there be light was the same God that saved them. The same God that created your pistol. <laughs> Excuse me. He didn't even create your pistol. He created the metal, all of the things that we're making with pistols. But that's the same God that I serve. The same God that created all of these things. See, we can't escape God. We're just today. We're having tornado watches, um, flash floods, all types of things right now. We can't escape God, friends. I don't care what weapon you make. The only true protection we're going to have is in God's word. It's underneath God's protection. And that's what that's the job that I have is to get people to help people to understand trust God. Trust in him. Don't just talk about the trust. Actually trust him. He loves you. He cares about you. He wants us to open he God wants to open our eyes so that we can see. See, <laughs> this man, this servant here, he physically could see. He could see physically. I, that's how he saw the armies in the first place. But he could not see that God was on his side. He couldn't see that much. God had to physically do something for him to see it. And that's what we want today. We want God to physically put something there so we can see it. <laughs> he says it won't be a sign. <laughs> we want him to physically put a gun behind our enemy's head. That's what we want. It's not going to happen, friend. It's not going to happen. When they came to get Jesus, he told Peter to put his sword back up. See, <laughs> it's not going to happen. But it's because we do not understand God's word. There's so many things. There's so many answers in God that I wish God would open our eyes to. That's my prayer, that he opens our eyes to him. But he's not going to do it unless we want that to happen. So, I... Let's, I want to look at, uh, and I, I've been running all over the place, but I think I want to get, uh, let's get John 1035. I'm not going to go to the other place because I've, I've went to a few different places as it is. I'll close here. I'll try to close here. John 10 and 35. If he called them gods, unto whom the word of God came, and the scripture cannot be broken. Now, I just want to hear that, that last part. The scripture cannot be broken. The scripture cannot be broken. 
<laughs> this ain't nothing but God's word. God can't be made into a liar. If God became a liar, see, the scripture has to be fulfilled. When Jesus came to John the Baptist to be baptized in the Jordan River, John said, <laughs> and I'm paraphrasing here, he said, look, I'm not even worthy of you to be uh, to be baptizing you. I'm not even worthy to tie your shoelaces. I should be coming to you. I should be coming to you for you to baptize me. John recognized. So, but Jesus says, suffer it to be so. We must fulfill the scripture. The scripture has to be fulfilled because it cannot be broken. The scripture will be broken if they weren't fulfilled. Because we can say, oh, that never happened. So the scripture was a lie. But God cannot be made a liar, so his scripture cannot be broken. If we understand that, we understand God is going to protect us. Even when uh, Jesus was talking to Peter, Peter told him he was the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus told him, he said, upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. In God, there's so much safety. There's so much protection. There's so many things. He didn't say the gates of hell were not going to fight against it. He said they weren't going to prevail. So the enemy is going to come against you, but he won't be able to prevail. That's the same way. I'm sorry to cut you off, but that's the same way when it says about the weapon. Um, no weapon, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. But it never said it wasn't going to form. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's going to come at you. Yeah, but it won't prosper. But we have to trust, like Tony says, trust God enough and believe that He will mm -hmm. stop that weapon. But you can go ahead. Oh no, you good? You good? Uh, I'll wait until the end to <laughs> say what I got to say. No, you good? But <laughs> if only we could understand where God wants to build us to the faith level. That's the only way. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. We have to hear God's word so that we can even build our faith. See, a lot of us, I guarantee someone that's listened to this, they've never read that verse in Kings. They've never heard that story before. So it takes God's word to even build our faith. There's so many things we can find in God's word. So much. And it's all sitting right there on somebody's dusty nightstand. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> it's sitting there collecting because we, we consider it less. We consider it less than everything else. We can run to Google. We can run to school. We can run to Wikipedia. We can run to all types of things for answers. We can run to our boss. Man, let a boss, let the boss man or the boss lady at your job tell you to do something. Look how fast people get to running to do it. Now let God tell you to do something though. We see what he said in the scripture. We see what he said. Eh, I'll do it next year. God say, repent, be baptized in Jesus Christ's name and get the Holy Ghost. We say, eh, I'll do it next year. I'll do it the year after. Let, let, the, boss, let the boss tell you, look, you need to go get baptized. Oh, since he's signing that check, oh, we doing it today. <laughs> Don't let him have to tell us twice. 
he's talking about firing us. How many times have God had to told, tell us the same thing? How many times did God have to tell us to get baptized in there? How many times have God had to tell us to do the same stuff and we still leave it off? There's so many things that God is trying to get us to do. But we consider his word less than anything else and still say, I love you, God. But that's just who we are as people. So I'm going to let you talk. I, I just want to show us here that the scripture, because I, I, I really got a lot of other scriptures written down to, to discuss. But I knew I wouldn't be able to bring out everything because it's so much, so much we can find. Um, but in the end, God's scripture will be fulfilled. It will be fulfilled. But I, I'll leave it at that. Show you done. Yeah, I'll leave it at that. Unless anybody has a question about something, otherwise I'm gonna leave it at that. <laughs> uh, well, we can definitely go a lot of other places. I mean, who knows? Maybe we'll do part two next week. But it could be an infinite amount of parts. But I was listening earlier to Tony when he first started, and one question that stuck out to me was, "Do we desire it?" Like, how bad do we want to know God's word? Because I can sit somebody right in front of me and look at the Bible, and we can read the exact same words, and we both get something different. The exact same words. He's not going to reveal it to you <clears throat> unless you really want it. We've never... I know an earthly saying that says, nothing's worth having come easy, comes easy. It's the same way with God's word. This is not going to come to us easy. We have to put time, hours, years into his word to actually understand what he's saying. Because it's not going to be based off our personal feelings or thoughts. God did not die, get up on that cross and die for our personal feelings. It's, I know it sounds harsh, but it's the, it's the truth. Like, like the word says, have I become your enemy because I tell you the truth? He did not get up there and die for opinions for our friends opinions God is the only opinion that matters but we steady try to try to impress our parents impress our friends impress our girlfriends or boyfriends when none of that stuff is gonna matter when we get when we die and then face God on the day of judgment he's not gonna say well what what did your girlfriend think of you if she thought highly of you you can go come on in I'll let you in <laughs> that's not that's not gonna happen but how much do we desire it well, I mean, we come to God easily when we're in trouble. Let, let, us, let us get into some deep, deep trouble. We praying to God daily. But then we see the light at the end of the tunnel and be like, oh, man, everything's going to be fine. And then we put God back on the back burner. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, we can't do that. <laughs> Definitely can't put him on the back burner. And we just read that in Matthew. It said the heaven, heaven is like a, the small, like a mustard seed, the smallest seed when it is planted. And that's how we definitely that's how we treat God. I know that's that's how I did. And thought I was saved. <laughs> thought I can get out here and do anything that I want. But that's just the devil. The devil is blinding so many people. The majority of this earth is blinded. And I remember I said that on my Snapchat. And a lot of people unfriended me when I said that. Like the majority of this world is blinded. I mean, people don't want to know the truth. 
People say, oh, man, Jesus didn't talk to people like that with all these negative things. He was just love, 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 man. We've seen a lot of places where Jesus called these people out, called them hypocrites. He called out a woman for sleeping with many men. And he, This is his words, not mine. People want to get mad at the messenger instead of the message. If I say something that you don't like, I mean, that's fine. I mean, I'm not personally attacked by it because it's not me who you're disagreeing with. It's God's word. So going back to that question, how much do we desire it and run into God only in our times of need instead of always? We can't do a single thing without God. I remember I was feeling down some years ago, maybe 2014. I'm not, I'm not sure when exactly it was. But, you know, me not knowing the things that I know now was trying everything else but praying, mm-hmm. but going to God, knowing good and well my parents, they taught me to pray. They said pray always. Like one thing my mom always says, and I know she's probably gonna be watching this, but <laughs> hey, she <mom>. says <laughs> But she says, if you're gonna pray, don't worry. And if you're going to worry, don't pray. And that stuck with me all these years later. I don't remember I was little when she told me this, but all these years later, and I I don't remember other things she said, but I just that stuck out to me. If you're gonna pray, don't worry. If you're gonna worry, don't pray. Because if you're gonna worry, that means you don't trust God enough to bring you through whatever you're going through. But I remember I looked up a YouTube video, and it was about how much do you want success? And I'm not gonna um, explain the whole video. For one, I don't remember every single thing that went on, but I remember the more the moral of the story. It was about this guy. And he was feeling depressed and he just wanted to be successful. And so he met this guy in the street and said, hey, you look like you need a job. Do you want this job? Come meet me by the beach. Have some, have a t-shirt on and some gym shorts. And the dude said, hey, I don't have anything to lose. I'll meet him out there. And he was like, all right, meet me at 2 a.m. at the beach. And the guy was like, 2 a.m.? You must be crazy. And then the other guy said, oh, oh, you must don't want it then. You see right there, you showed hesitation getting up in 2 a.m. or 1 a.m. or whenever to meet him at the beach. So the guy said, all right, all right, I'll go. And so he went out there to the beach at 2 a.m. And he didn't see the guy. He was about to leave. That's strike two. You, you were supposed to be there at that time, rather whether the other guy was there or not. If you wanted that job, you were going to be there. So the, the dude showed up and said, that's strike two. You can't show hesitation. Don't turn around. You know you want this, so you have to come get it. And he said, come out into the water. So the guy walked out into the water. And he said, all right, keep coming. So the water was, the the dude that was going to give the guy the job, he was much taller than the guy, if I remember correctly. So he told the guy to come out into the water, keep going. And obviously the water was getting deeper, and it was up to his neck. And he said, okay, keep going. If you want this, you better keep going. All right, so he went out. His water was about up to right here. He could still breathe through his nose. And the guy pushed the other, the guy that was going to give him the job, he pushed the other guy down into the water. Dude couldn't breathe. He, you know, fight for his life trying to breathe. And the dude didn't, didn't bring him up, didn't bring him above water anymore. He just kept him down there. And dude almost drowned. And at the last second, he pulled him up. And he said, you see how bad you were fighting to breathe? You see how, you see how bad you wanted it? And what you were going to do to get that breath of air? That's how you got to be when you want success. And that's just the gist of it. It was a lot more to that story. But, I mean, that's how we have to be seeking God's word. He gives us the breath that we breathe. 
So we need his word for that. We have to be like that guy fighting for air to breathe. That's how dedicated we have to be to God's word. And we, like Tony was saying, we do do everything our boss says because what? He's cutting that check for us every week or bi-weekly or monthly, however you get paid. Run to do him. Do what he say. But when God tells you to do something, plainly in the word, we were talking to a guy oh, a couple months ago and we asked him, did he see what we were saying? And he was like, yeah, it's right there. Just not, just not seeing it. He just said it was right there. But if we think about it, God is our real boss. God is going to cut that check for us at the end of our life, and it's going to be heaven. <laughs> We're not doing it for that check because we're afraid of what she says, what he says, what our parents say. But none of those people are going to be the ones that are judging us on the day of judgment. Their opinion does not matter. Like Elisha said, Elisha said, them that be with us are greater than them that be with they that be with them. If you are by yourself against the whole world, I don't care against the whole universe, but you have God with you, you are in the majority. Mm -hmm. You are going to get past that. And I know a lot of people like to use the verse John chapter 3 and verse 16 to prove that they're saved. What does it say? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth on him shall not perish but have everlasting life. So people look at that and say, I'm saved. All I have to do is believe. But where is that verse? Is it in one of the Timothys? Is it Second Timothy? But it's another three sixteen that says all scripture is inspired. Oh, by. I was gonna go there. Second Timothy three. Second Timothy three and sixteen. Look at there. Another three and sixteen. All scripture, all scripture is inspired by God. By God. So we can't take one scripture and say, "Oh, I'm saved just by this one scripture," and disregard every all the other things. If we believe Jesus, we're going to do what he said do. So if we believe, then we're not going to perish. We're going to have everlasting life, but we're going to do what he said do. Those who believe and are baptized shall be saved. But are we actually going to do it? Do we believe? Are we, do we desire it enough to believe it? We have to be gasping for air. We have to want it that bad day in and day out. We put so much work into our school grades, into our school work, study all the time. Got to get that A. <laughs> God's going to be grading us too. <laughs> Got to get that A. Got to get to heaven. I mean, that should be the goal for everybody. But all scripture is inspired by God. Not just one, not just two, all of it. But we have that today. People uh, believe part of it, but then they don't believe the rest of it. Some people believe in baptism in Jesus' name. Others don't believe in getting the Holy Ghost. Some believe in getting the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues, but they don't believe baptism in Jesus' name. Some believe baptism in the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost, in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. Some believe in sprinkling for baptism. But you never find any of that stuff in the Bible. Show me where it says people got sprinkled in the Bible. Show me where somebody was actually being baptized verbatim in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Because you have Baptists saying one thing, Pentecostals saying one thing, Catholics saying another thing. But who's right? God is not going to go to the Baptists and tell them one thing and go down the street to Catholics and tell them another thing. And then they'd be right too. Everybody says it's from God. Everybody says God has given them a word. Everybody wants to be preacher. 
But God didn't send all of these so-called preachers. He warned us that there will be wolves out there in sheep's clothing. And to beware of false prophets because they're everywhere. And to somebody that doesn't know the word, they're going to believe those false prophets. Like I see videos on Facebook. Well, I haven't seen one in a while recently, but it was this cursing pastor. And I saw so many comments that said, man, see, he keeps it real. I will go to his church. He doesn't judge people. Now we go with this judging stuff again. We are not judging anybody. We care about your soul, and we don't want your soul to be lost. I remember this dude, he, this preacher, he had a twerking contest at his church. And people were like, man, I got to go to this church. I got to go to this church. It's all a joke to people. When are we going to start taking God's word seriously? Take a deep look into it and we'll see what we find. Like the book says, like the song says, take a look. It's in a book from that Reading Rainbow song I, uh, we used to watch when I was in grade school a long time ago. But take a look. It's in a book. Instead of the Reading Rainbow, it's the Holy Bible. I know people remember that song. I know people got that reference. But, I mean, we just have to desire it. And I'm going to just stop it right there because I can keep going on and on and on. We just reached an hour. So I'm going to cut it off right there. Do you have anything else to say? I think that's all I had to say. We definitely appreciate you guys for tuning in with us, as always. always. As always, we're going to be praying for y'all that um, God continues to strengthen you guys as well as us as we continue to embark on this journey. Um, But that's pretty much all I had to say Until until next time, everybody. All right, now I pray everybody's having a safe spring break so far. And to stay safe out in the roads, on the roads, and in this weather. Like I say, we're under the tornado watches and flood and all that stuff. It's very windy out there. Watch for trees and all that. Just be blessed. So we'll see you guys next week. It's our normal time. It's 6.30. 6.30.